Hello again, everyone. You're listening to a brand new episode of the Mayor Tom Henry podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. Now, this is episode number 64, recorded on Monday, September 27th, 2021, from Citizen Square in lovely downtown Fort Wayne. On today's program, we're going to be discussing and learning more about the St. Joseph Community Health Foundation, an organization that has improved the lives of countless individuals in our community for many, many years. For a deeper discussion on the St. Joseph Community Health Foundation, I'm pleased to welcome its Executive Director, Meg Dissler, to today's program. Meg, thanks for coming today. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Meg, obviously, uh, I think there's some confusion in the community about the St. Joseph Community Health Foundation, uh, St. Joseph Hospital, uh, probably uh, a, a number of other St. Joe-named organizations. Can you kind of differentiate uh, between some of them and the foundation? I would be happy to. You know, Mayor, we all share the inspiration of the same guy, St. Joseph, but we are an independent um, foundation, or basically a fund. We're operated by a group of women religious, the poor handmaids of Jesus Christ, who actually started St. Joe Hospital as the first hospital in the community back in 1868. Fast forward to today, and they sold the hospital in 1998, put part of the money aside, and now we invest earnings from those funds into people who are working on the front lines in this community, serving the most vulnerable and fragile amongst us. So now St. Joseph Hospital is now a part of the Lutheran Health Network. That is correct. But the St. Joseph Health Foundation is a separate freestanding foundation. Yes. We so are they have nothing to do with Lutheran? No, we have okay. nothing to do with that um, organization other than we share the same great saint name. Um, we are a freestanding independent body and technically we can't do anything to benefit a hospital system one way or another legally. Speaking of St. Joe Hospital, which is right across the street from your foundation, Lutheran has built a new hospital or in the process of building a new hospital and there is reason to believe that the old St. Joe Hospital, which is about a hundred years old now, that is probably going to be coming down. Mm -hmm. Do you have any current information on that? <laughs> I wish I did. I, <laughs> I think those are closely held secrets that you might well, hear I, before I do. <laughs> well, I thought that maybe, you know, you knew more than I did on it. No, uh, you Obviously, don't. <laughs> I hear a lot of rumors and about uh, a number of different possibilities with the building, but... Uh, I hear uh, rumors, and I think, you know, what's interesting is that we really have not worked as much in health care within hospital walls because of the good work of Lutheran Health Network and Parkview right. Network, we're actually focused on outside of those walls. Yeah, you've moved, you know, St. Joseph Health Foundation, uh, from my work with you, it appears that you're leaving the health care of the community to those professionals and you're reaching out more to the social service needs. Yes, a lot of the research that says about the quality of life and the length of life, life expectancy, is about 60-70% dictated by where you live, mm -hmm. by your zip code. Mm -hmm. So really we are working in those zip codes that 
are have lower life expectancy where life is more challenging and they call it officially the social determinants of health mm -hmm. but in reality we want to have everybody in this community have a safe place to put your head down at night have a full belly in the morning if you can't speak english we want you to be welcomed mm -hmm. to get into resources so you know mayor we've turned around that we've identified four areas that really we can help people be more effective in the community food and nutrition mm -hmm. um, prenatal and infant care particularly young families mm -hmm. um, helping them along the way um, immigrants and refugees particularly mm -hmm. not english speaking individuals mm -hmm. to be effective members in our community and those just generally trying to access health and wellness care mm -hmm. so we a lot around vaccination work um, a lot around with the Matthew 25. We've been great partners with the health department over the year too. Well, that's that's a that's a great segue into my next question. That has to do with the pandemic itself. You mentioned vaccinations. Uh, we know that our city, our county, our state, for that matter, uh, is unfortunately uh, way behind or are way behind uh, other communities, other states. Uh, how is the foundation uh, helping us raise that percentage, which again is horribly low compared to others? You know, um, we've been very involved in that work for a couple of years. Um, when we talk about vaccination, I, I have to just go back and say that one of the big players in our community is Supershot, which was actually founded by one of the sisters who sponsor us, Sister Mary Conrad Gerchev. <laughs> So we've been working with them for years on all kinds of vaccination. So when all of this, we, in the last year or so with the pandemic, the first thing we did is get together and start a fund with about 20 other foundations, which we then house at the community foundation to provide resources for the local health department to cover what isn't covered by government funding and really helped operate the Coliseum site for a long time. Coliseum site, along with what's at um, the hospitals, was very effective at reaching people who could speak English, had transportation very effectively. But we learned that those in our community who are afraid of going to the hospital, afraid of government, um, had, had cultural differences, um, about what was good, safe healthcare, all needed a lot more help to feel comfortable whether and to make a good decision on vaccination. So we actually built a great partnership with the Follinger Foundation, another funder, and really went out and worked with frontline community people, volunteer nurses in the nursing sorority, in the African-American nursing sorority. We worked with um, local um, black, media artists who developed all kinds of great education PSAs. And we did have a lot of grants under $5,000. We worked with healthcare mental health providers at Amani who had trusted relationships but could speak in different languages, who set up the appointments and then even hosted vaccination sites. So we have been working closely with the health department, but those um, El Mexicano newspaper has been a great partner to put good messaging out on Facebook in Spanish to get good information mm -hmm. that people could count on. So that's been a big part of our effort to really build those really trusted 
frontline people, I mean, I'll ask my doctor, I'll ask my beautician. If they tell me it, I can trust them a little more because I know them than what I might hear on TV. <laughs> so we've been funding and working with yeah. those groups. Oh, that's great to hear because you just said a word that uh, is, is of real uh, significance in, in this community as well as elsewhere, elsewhere and that's trust. Uh, I truly believe that a lot of people are avoiding vaccinations because they just don't trust government. Uh, they don't trust, unfortunately, in some cases, their faith-based community or others who are telling them, get the shot. Well, if you don't trust someone uh, uh, telling you to do that, you're probably not going to do it. So I, I'm glad that you are reaching out to those organizations that have developed the trust with those uh, citizens that, that need to be vaccinated. You mentioned a few minutes ago, though, there are a couple of areas, other areas, uh, that your foundation is working in. And one that uh, is near and dear to me is food insecurity. Uh, we know we have food deserts in this community. We know there's large sections of this community that uh, uh, they might have access to some foods, but there's great distances to travel and so on. Uh, How's the foundation addressing some of that? So we've been kind of working in the area of food insecurity and more so even nutrition in the last, since about 2014. Mm -hmm. We actually started doing it, Mayor, when we worked together with the Burmese mm -hmm. refugees and started doing a lot of local gardening and mm -hmm. growing. And what we really learned there is that there's a lot of people cannot access the higher nutrition fruits and vegetables. So we started doing um, farm markets, mm -hmm. and we looked at a lot of research around the country, and we do what we call fancy word nutrition incentives. But basically, if you're gonna buy a fruit or a vegetable, and you happen to ha be on SNAP or WIC, we double the value of your purchase. So if you can only afford one apple, we give you the funding for the second apple. And that program, we've actually recently got a large grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture. United Way came on board to help us with that. So is Parkview. And so we now double up um, fruits and vegetable purchases at many of the local farm markets wow. in this community. We just started at Fort Wayne Farmers Market. Uh, we have at YLNI. Fort Wayne Food Co-op is a great partner with us. Uh, the cities. Johnny May Farm, oh, yes. we double up there. We have had some great luck. This is our first year. We have our own Heel Farm Market that has locations at Southside Market, uh, Parkview. So we have doubled up for many, many families who qualify for government benefits. And that's expanded, mm -hmm. but we're trying to really work the nutrition side because, frankly, Mayor, the government has done a great job increasing benefits for food and SNAP. We want to help people get that nutrition and we want the local farmers who are selling it to also make enough money that they can afford to grow more great crops locally. Well, I'm going to submit to you something that uh, came across my desk which was uh, you know a, a very uh, uh, interesting to me and something that that uh, was very concerning uh, because, you know, I'm interested in, in infant mortality in this community. Again, a uh, way too many uh, babies um, mm -hmm. uh, don't make it beyond birth in our community. 
in, in, a, in a city that's as progressive as we are, to see those kinds of numbers is very disturbing. Uh, I originally thought that uh, the reason that we had a lot of, of uh, deaths at birth uh, was because of access to health care. And I'm finding out that that's not necessarily true, that it has to, it goes back to the nutrition that you were just talking about, that a lot of mothers, expectant mothers, did not have access to good foods and vegetables, and they were eating uh, foods from gas stations to, in order to satiate themselves, but the baby wasn't getting anything. Uh, uh, do you read those same things? Um, I do. You know, Mayor, we've been really involved in that work because the sisters have always been concerned about it. And, you know, it really is 46806 zip code, and it's a large population. Mm -hmm. Our community has ranked one of the worst, top 10 worst in the state of Indiana, according to the State Department of Health, for quite a few years. And so you really kind of want to look a little more closer. And what we've seen are some really alarming statistics that we have been trying to work with, invest around, and strengthen services to the populations who need it. We know that African-American teen moms are two to three times more likely to have their baby die before age one than a white Caucasian mom in this community. That's part of a national trend, but it's a little worse here locally. So that population um, of particularly black teen moms, and we're also watching, tracking a national trend, they also have a greater death rate, not at birth, but in the year afterwards. And their lives are just really stressed, weathering. So it is around nutrition. It's having a safe place to sleep and different things. So the good news is out of some of this, We've been supporting a network we call the Prenatal and Infant Care Network. We've got strong advisory board with Parkview, Healthier Moms and Babies, other groups involved with it, but we have 65 different organizations working on this who Good. care in this community. And so we have one group starting about doing a diaper bank. Another one, we have a milk bank to give nutrition. We have so many wonderful people in this community so our job is to invest in them and strengthen them. We have a really neat grant we just gave this year looking at research coming out of the local, There's a, it sounds terrible, but it's an infant mortality task force, but they look at all the deaths, sure. talk to the parents, what happened, how can we prevent this? Mm -hmm. And one of the things we learned is if you're a, a person of color, black or brown or don't speak English, the rates were much higher. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of confusion what was going on in the delivery room and follow-up care. Sure. And so there's models around the country. So we have a person from Fort Wayne moved, had great training, did doula work, which means they help them just during that birth process. And they have now trained women in five languages who specialize and we scholarship anybody who needs help before the birth, through the birth to be through the process, but then to be connected. And so we recently gave them a grant for $55,000. And the stories are wonderful that they're helping the good doctors communicate over language because we have people who've never been in an American hospital sure. suddenly going in. And I think the number is, in the course of a birth, you may see seven different care providers. 
So having people yeah, sure. help. So there's, but that's a local nonprofit. So it is nutrition. We have groups teaching healthy, our healing kitchen, food classes to them doing great work. But we have great creative people in the city, as you know, Mayor, and we have the privilege of listening to them and making them, they're strong, but even stronger with funds to help make it happen. And that's our job, to strengthen the community. Well, that is, uh, that is so inspiring to hear because uh, it, the uh, infant mortality, uh, nutrition, uh, and spinoffs, diabetes, and obesity, uh, those are areas in our community that right now are of significant concern to a number of individuals and to hear that uh, St. Joe's Foundation is in the process of addressing a number of those uh, really makes and should make the entire community uh, a little more comfortable in knowing that there's people out there who are not letting these challenges just slip by. But you also have something else coming uh, up in October. Yes, on October 8th we are very excited we are going to welcome back to Fort Wayne a really inspirational priest, Father Greg Boyle. Mm -hmm. Father Boyle is one of the best storytellers. He does great TED Talks. He actually has a new book coming out um, in about two weeks as well. Father Boyle really explains the importance of compassion along with service delivery. And it's more than just throwing a meal down if we talk about nutrition and somebody. It's actually asking them, do you have the utensils? Mm -hmm. Did you, you know, need any of that food cut up? Or it's engaging with people. And when you take time to meet the person, you can tell them, if you know the color of their eyes, you forget the color of their skin. Right. And you really, you, we win. And so we've been in these conversations with those uh, people that we have the opportunity to support. Those who really go beyond, you can't tell the difference between staff or the clients. Um, boy, that's where you get peace, unity, trust. And he's done it so well with gang members, Father Boyle. So um, we have, I think, one or two tickets left. We've had a great response in the community. We're bringing him here with the University of St. Francis. Okay. It'll be over there in the afternoon. And um, we're excited for him to inspire us so we can capture that great work of compassion for all of our partners here. What a mission. Uh, it, it, that, again, I think uh, our community has, uh, uh, has been now presented with a, a significantly more than I think most of them realize the foundation was doing. So often you just think of a foundation as an as a organization just gives out money, and that's it. Uh, to hear how involved uh, the St. Joe Foundation is in the community has to do nothing but raise the comfort level of everyone listening. But if they, wanted, if they want more information on the foundation, how can they get hold of you or whoever? You know, the easiest way is to probably find us through our website. It's um, www.sjchf.org. Let me say that again. <laughs> www. Then it's the abbreviation for St. Joseph Community Health Foundation.org, SJCHF.org. Um, we would love to connect with anybody who really cares about serving the least amongst us. That's the work of the poor handmaids of Jesus Christ, and we're happy to carry it on. 
Meg, what what a great message! For, what 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 a great time to uh, to kick off the week for sure. Uh-huh. So, thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time though. So, again, Meg, I want to thank you for, for joining us. Uh, you're awesome. We enjoy working with you, Mayor. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to all of the listeners for tuning in today. It is another great day in the city of Fort Wayne, so let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you again soon.